Hey, bitches. I'm Jono. And I'm Dominic. And this, this is Jabber. Welcome to Jabber. I'm Dominic. Hey, bitches. I'm Jono. And we have a very special guest with us today, Gavin McLeod Valentine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Welcome. Yes, thank you for coming. And today, Jono, do you want to tell our listeners what we're talking about? Today, we're talking about beauty and skincare. Now, Gavin, give us like a brief background. What do you do? Okay, so essentially what I do is that I work primarily with uh, A-list celebrities, notable people for red carpet appearances and on-camera performances. And my main sort of tool to do that is that I work with the Intraceuticals Oxygen Facial. So really what I'm doing is I'm deeply hydrating, moisturizing, sculpting and toning the appearance of the client. So they look their ultimate best when it matters most at occasions such as the Oscars, the Met Gala, and so on and so forth. Love that. Come on over. um, (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) This is, how did you get into this? It, It was a kind of a weird story and it was, I'll try and give you the very truncated version of events, but once upon a time, I grew up in rural Scotland in a very traditional family and being the black sheep, I wanted Uh to run to America a la Wallace Simpson. And I had gone down to London and I worked with a very famous creative director, Isabella Blow, who was most known for discovering Alexander McQueen and Philip Tracy and subsequently committed suicide. Um, But when I was working with her, she really encouraged me to leave London, to leave the sort of expectation about me going into a tedious family business or ending up in a sort of a dusty uh, floor at Sotheby's. And she said, go to America and, and figure out something creative. And I was very creative, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I subsequently ended up uh, getting a full scholarship to the American Academy and then went on to work with a very uh, famous uh, acting coach. And I thought that would be my career. So that took me to New York 16 years ago. But as soon as I went into the industry, I realized that I didn't really have the confidence. I believed I had the talent, but I was still beholden to having terrible acneic skin, which had plagued me throughout my whole teenage life and really made my social calendar pretty redundant. Um, And it wasn't a good look. And so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. A friend of a friend of a friend who worked with Kelly Mm -hmm. Catrone set up a PR agency. They asked me to join them. I ended up doing that for 10 years. But what I ended up gravitating towards each and every time were the beauty clients. And I would pull aside the doctors and I'd pull aside the chemists and I would pick their brains. And what about this? And this conflicts with this. And I don't really understand and nothing's working. And it frustrated me that I had these experts right in front of me and nobody could give me cohesive, clear advice about what to do for my own skin. Mm. Now, as we know that when we're sort of working in an industry like public relations or anywhere else where you're really sort of kept in the dungeon working away for 700 hours a week for other people, I decided that I would create my own beauty blog and I would interview people about their relationship with scent and any tools that they had about beauty. I interviewed a very famous makeup artist, Gina Brooke, who had worked with Madonna for 15 years. She told me, I want you to try these industrial products. I think they'll really help your skin. I did so, and literally within a month of using them, I started to get public compliments from people in shops about my skin, asking what I was using. 
And this was something that had never happened to me before. You know, I was the kid that spent hours from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. perfecting concealer, knowing that at my 2 p.m. meeting, I needed to look okay. Yeah. So for me to suddenly receive compliments was mind-blowing. And so I said, okay, I, I, I need to work with this company. I need to help them. I thought it would be a PR role initially. I campaigned for about a year. They took me on to head up their global public relations. And then a moment happened that I call Halle Berry. A friend of mine, Castillo Bataille, who's a very talented hairstylist, uh, was working with Halle. Uh, and Halle was about to attend her first Met Gala. And he called me up and said, hey, Gavin, do you think you could give Halle a facial uh, for the Met Gala? And I said, well, I, I don't, I'm not a facialist. I don't really know how to do the facial. Um, let me find an esthetician who can do it for you. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. It has to be you. I've talked up such a big game about you. She's only be comfortable with you. So I called up the company. I said, somebody needs to come and train me now. They sent somebody, <laughs> they trained me. And um, off I trotted up to her apartment in New York. Not really sure of what I was doing, but kind of had the basics down at that point. In walked Halley. And that was the first time that I'd seen a celebrity that wasn't bedazzled and bejeweled and ready for attention, right? This was the first time I'd seen one in private, um, not out in the wild. Mm -hmm. And I suddenly realized at that time, gosh, she's come off a long haul flight. She's been shooting night shoots for a movie. She hasn't had time to really do any self-care up until this point. I really need to make sure that she feels empowered to hit mm -hmm. that carpet with the confidence that we know her for. And so I started giving her the treatment and I immediately began to see some changes happening to the skin. And then intuitively, and I'm a big believer to follow one's intuition, I thought, okay, I've done this portion. Now let's go into a hands-on massage. Okay, it's not knowing anything about what I was doing, but I had a bit of, of an idea of how the skin worked and where I wanted to put emphasis. So I started really working and needling and massaging her skin, working underneath the cheekbone, lifting it up, up and away, working along the jawline, lifting up the brow. And when she got up after about an hour and she looked in the mirror, she turned around and she was grinning and beaming from ear to ear. And she said, I feel and look beautiful. You really transformed me. When was and this? This was- How long ago? maybe four years ago this coming May. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, okay. and so I and I remember thinking at the time, God, I'm good. And, <laughs> uh, and then I went back to the company and I said, listen, I really would like to get trained up. I'd like to get my license because what I want to do now is I want to be part of that puzzle that really takes away the stress and the fear and the anxiety about the expectation that they constantly, my clients are met with whenever they leave their house, let alone when mm -hmm. they go to a red carpet event. And to see that internal and physical shift occur in tandem and to see the light and the energy and the buoyancy restore and the confidence um, and the fact that, you know, Halle was claimed to be age-defying and next level gorgeous the next day by the press, didn't hurt. And I said, this is what I want to do moving forward. And so I committed myself to that. And then from Halle, I got a call out of the blue from Julianne Moore. And from Julianne Moore, Kate Blanchett called me. And then from there, Susan Sarandon called me. And then right. Kristen Stewart called me. And then it just snowballed. And, you know, it's been a really a four-year journey, which has been wild and completely unexpected. Amazing. Wow. And you've done the Kardashians, right? I saw. I have. Yes, I have. I've worked with Kim and I've worked with Courtney and I've worked with others that per my NDA, I cannot confirm nor deny. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that I work with. And what's funny is that I tend to only name check the ones that I've done for public events, right? So, because it's out there in the mm -hmm. world. 
And you know, anybody just needs to Google or look it up and they'll get the information. I, I'm very lucky to have some incredible clients that I see on a private basis. Um, but yeah, I've worked with the Kardashians. I've worked with Erica Jane. She was fun. Um, you know, I work with Rashida <laughs> Jones. Um, I work with uh, Emma Roberts, Michelle Williams. I mean, it's it's a nice it's a nice little gang. Wow, amazing! It's great. So you didn't you didn't have like any real training, did you? I, I do now. I didn't at the oh, time. You do now. I do right. now because uh, all of a sudden I was like, okay, well, I've just made this up. Essentially, I'd like to sort of right, know right. what's happening. What did I do? Um, so mm -hmm. I could have more spells and more magic. And what it taught me was, you know, we learn so much pointless things at school, right? But we never learn how to take care of our skin, how to, you know, wash our faces. We're constantly told the skin's the biggest organ on the body, but no one tells us what to do to look after it, what its function is, how it likes to behave and how it likes to be treated. And so mm -hmm. it was, it was eye-opening for me. And I just thought, you know, it would be so great if teenagers, when they're going through their hormonal acneic stages, had this information at their fingertips that would really help them and not have to always rely on a dermatologist, which is a whole other conversation unto itself. Nice. What you mentioned, um, you're massaging the face. Is that like working with like the muscles of the face to try to like, you know, Exactly. So really what my focus is, is I do what I call the BDSM facial. Um, not everybody loves that, but that. you know, I like to really slap the face. So like I really like to wake it up. We've had this annoying, uh, you know, habit for the last five years where everyone's like, gentle, gentle, don't touch the skin. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Go away. The skin likes to be slightly abused okay that's why we're seeing outrageous wound to heal protocols within the surgical space that creates the healing and gets great results so what i like yeah to but do, can't that get like pimples like coming out or something well you like, want they the say don't to be too out. aggressive because it could you know pull things to the surface or like well yeah but that's what we want to do right because if we pull it to the surface and it's under our control then we're expelling yeah. those toxins and that bacteria from the skin well i mean if like bad stuff like sometimes after a facial i'll get you know a pimple or something that's actually what the facial is designed to do just so you know oh really get yeah. a pimples get a pimple because you want to get them out because the longer that it stays within the epidermal layer, the more that it has a tendency to spread the infection throughout each of the, the spheres. And at the same time, it can become cystic or it can become sort of fibrosis-like. So it's, it's a bigger problem if that was to manifest wow. itself, mm -hmm. right? So you want to expel and you want to get it out. The reason why I slap around the face and I do a lot of cuffing under the cheeks to really get in here and up and out is because I want to get rid of all the buildup of lymph. So it's the salt and it's the fluid and it's the fat and it's all the toxins that build up while we're sleeping. We often get them under our eyes. That's why we get bags. I like to really massage those away so that we look as snatched as possible. Nice. Which is the goal. Personally, I scrub my face daily just mm -hmm. because it, I have a lot of oil that build up in mm -hmm. my face. And everyone has always told me, like, like, why are you, like, scrubbing your face before you go into the shower? And it's just, like, because... Now, do you, when you say scrub, do you mean an exfoliant or just a wash? I use, um, I use like, a wash, but, like, I use, like, a... Um, like a washcloth, like I buff out the skin mm -hmm. before I go into the shower. Mm -hmm. And everyone goes like, why do you do that? I was like, if I don't do it, I'm going to break out. 
and I'm gonna like you know. I actually think you you know it really well. It's an excellent way. I'm a yeah. big big fan of using a face cloth. I really one of the things that I like to sort of be militant about is that wash your damn face. Yeah. And you know one of the things that really irritates me is because we are in slap. You know until the pandemic we were so time starved, right? We had no time to do anything. So people are trying to cut every part of the process out. The reliance on micellar waters and on sort of beauty wipes mm. sort of makes me so angry because that's not cleaning your face at all. That yeah. simply should be used for removing makeup. I believe in doing double cleanse at night and a cleanse in the morning. So I'm washing my face three times a day. Mm -hmm. And I love what you've said, because what you're essentially doing is when you're washing your face and you're using a cloth, you're helping that natural exfoliation process. Mm -hmm. When you go into the shower, the steam, the heat is again opening up the pores. So you're further purifying. So you're mm -hmm. onto a good trick. What you're doing is actually very sound. Yeah. I, I've been doing it for years. And it's funny, it's like a lot of people have asked me, like, oh, what do you do in the morning? I'm like, I do this and I, and I, I go into like a hot shower, like how you said, and then I just, you know, I do it. I wash again and they go like, that's too much. You're washing out like all your natural oils. And I was like, I've I, heard that too. I've been doing it. I was like in skin, high school. Right? And that's the only way that I know I'm not going to have like, like, a, like this is an in-ground. So don't look at that. But like, <laughs> like everything, like, you know, having like a face full of pimples, especially like my nose area, like the T-zone mm. is like the worst for me. You know, I think it's important for people to know how the skin behaves and what it looks like. You know, you could argue that perhaps it is slightly stripping. It's only stripping if you're not putting the moisture, the hydration back with products. But yeah. if you are somebody that is more on the oilier combination side of things, then it's not really a concern to worry about. What you want to do is find balance and harmony back to the skin. And, mm -hmm. and having a good wash and cleansing out all of the grime is going to simply help it function better and look better consequently. Mm -hmm. It's true. And you're exactly so, right about after because I um, I do a, a moisturizer right after mm -hmm. and I feel like it just feels like butter when it goes into your face and it's just like, oh, okay. Like I feel like I'm, I'm back again. Well, you've like, removed all the layers too so that you can yeah. actually, the product can penetrate and do what it needs to do yeah. without having to find obstacles in its way. Yeah. I've seen people with like those layers and it's just like, ooh. <laughs> You got some. <laughs> so, Jono, what is one of your beauty secrets? What do you? One of my beauty secrets. Do? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been for the past few years. I've been doing B twelve injections, and I've been using that like as like um as like a little catalyst because one of my um I, I used to go to this injection bar and I used to just do like vitamins and stuff like that. And one of the ones that they said to do was like to help have like a glowy um complexion was to do some b12 shots and so i was like oh let me, let me get on some of this and honestly it makes my skin feel glowy i feel energized and i really like it That's i mean cool. what b12 is really good at doing is it helps the blood cells to function right so you're basically giving it an extra oomph of energy so it does work to improve microcirculation and to have more of a lymph drainage going occurring. It's good for sort of health and radiance. I do sometimes find that with uh, vitamin or vitamin uh, supplements, it really depends how deficient you are yourself to see how much of an improvement you see. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that you're using and enjoying and you've seen a benefit or your, your skin is staying where it is and you like it and it's good, then you know there's actually no problem to continue doing that. 
What about you, Dominic? Sunscreen. I wear sunscreen like every day, twice a day. Good boy. Um, say that again. Good boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's the biggest one. I've got it in my moisturizer and I, you know, put on like 70 SPF. That's great. Yeah. You're taking it seriously. I mean, I think that that's really sound. One of the things with sunscreen, it's such an imperative, important product to use. We're spending all this time, often we're spending money on other things to reshape our faces and make ourselves look buoyant and beautiful. Uh, but if we're not addressing sun protection, then we're going to look dehydrated. We're going to, consequently going to look older. What I will say to people though is, you know, we're all basically wearing makeup these days. Doesn't matter what gender, whether it's a CC cream, a BB cream or a full foundation, it does not matter that they say that there's SPF in that product please always make sure that underneath that you have a sizable sunscreen protection, minimum of 50. Um, and, and, and remember that it only works for as long as it's on the skin. So that's giving you 50 minutes coverage, right? If you're adding yeah. on, let's say 15, 20, 30 uh, SPF within your product, you're getting a little bit more play, but those are good solid um, tools to use every day and actually, all of my clients who look unbelievably ageless and radiant, take, for example, Kate Blanchett or Julianne Moore, it's because they have been religious about using their sunscreen. Me too. Yeah, I, every day, twice a day. Sometimes I'll put on SPF 30, and then mm. once it dries, I'll put on 70. <laughs> but John was telling me that, you know, he was, this was like literally a week ago, he put on, the doctor told him not to go into the sun, and he put on the SPF and the moisturizer and he still got a sunburn. Remember? Hmm. That was because I had a procedure. So yeah, but I what had, I'm saying uh, is I think if you had put on the like regular plain sunscreen, it would have done a better job than just the moisturizer. Because yeah. someone told me that when it says SPF 30 in your moisturizer, that's for the whole bottle, not for one squirt. Right? Is that true? Uh, I, you know, they all say different things about that. Um, I've never had an opportunity to talk to a cosmetic chemist and actually pull them aside and yeah. ask them. But, you know, I think they're really what they're, they're marketing towards and what they're sort of relying you to understand is that when you apply that product, that's giving you the 30-minute protection, the 50-minute protection, the 70-minute protection, right? Um, right. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. But, but to go to Jono's point, if, you know, if you're doing a procedure, you're doing something that has sensitize the skin, mm -hmm. um, then obviously there need to be other precautions that go into place. And, and sometimes that simply means just don't go outside because it doesn't matter what SPF you're using, if your barrier is um, interrupted, then you're not gonna get the same sort of protection that one would normally when skin is left intact. Mm -hmm. I did a microneedling um, extraction. Okay. Um, and yeah. I had my hat on and I had huge sunglasses on but, and I had a beard, but like this little area right here was exposed to the sun and it's still a little dark in these areas, but like it gave me like hyperpigmentation in this area where it was just like, it looked like I had like two little dark um, spots there. And it was just like, I was like, I was like, what is that? And they go like, you went out in the sun. And like, right. I was like, I, was like I, I went to get coffee. <laughs> Don't be afraid to be Cher. You know, there's all those videos where she's running around with like a full white pack on her face. Don't be afraid <laughs> to do that. We live 
in a narcissistic city. And there are benefits to that. That means that we can go out with our bandages and our sunscreen in full view, and that's okay. As long as you're staying protected and safe and sound, that's all that matters. So what's one of your beauty secrets that you have for yourself? Well, I always say, and it's funny that we were talking about procedures, I always say we can lift it, we can fill it, we can freeze it, and we can fry it. But if we're not addressing hydration within the skin, we do not look younger. And so for that purpose, I'm a massive advocate in using beautiful, luxury, top-grade hyaluronic acid every single day so that we can feed the skin, that we can surcharge that with moisture um, on the under level and then topical hydration on top so that we look juicy, goosey, radiant, glow stopper. Um, and that just helps everything to work well. Well hydrated, moisturized, conditioned skin processes every other product more effectively. It also bounces light in a very different way. So even if you've not quite got to the point where your anti-aging treatments are working to minimize my lines and wrinkles or to give more tone laxity back, essentially you're going to look younger because everything is blurred as a consequence of that moisture. And I think that is a fundamental tool. We're so dehydrated in the, the lives that we're living. You know, I'm on my third cup of coffee and I've already had a Red Bull. So I'm basically as dried out as one can get. We also live in Los Angeles in the desert. If we didn't live here and we lived on the East Coast, then we'd be dealing with wind burn and icy temperatures, which are also going to deplete our moisture. And so mm. I'm a big believer in doing a layering system of hyaluronics. So when I start my day in the morning, I use um, a serum, a gel, and a cream um, from Interceuticals. The serum is a microwave of hyaluronic acid. The medium um, weight is in the gel. And then the cream is a large weight. So I have this sort of three-step layering principle. So I'm basically hydrated from the top to the toe of the skin. Additionally, what it does is it communicates with one another. So the smaller micro weight goes deep within the skin to give it that moisture reservoir. I liken that to opening up a hydration bank account within the skin, right? In order to have more deposits, we need to open an account, create a vessel, create a space. So my serum opens that up. Then I go to the gel, which is the medium weight that binds that first in place. The molecule is quite small. So as quick as it goes in and wants to work, it also wants to bounce out again. So that locks that in place. And I say that converts it from a checking account to a savings account, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I put the cream on top, that locks in those two steps and that begins to, first of all, topically moisturize. So if we've got dry skin, that's gonna really work for that. It is also going to protect the skin with a layer against free radicals, pollutants, environmental hazards, unavoidable sunlight, so that all of our bad behavior, so our smoking, our drinking, our sun worshiping, our lack of sleep, our over-caffeination, our more, too much booze, all of those things deplete our moisture. Now with all these three things in tandem and locked and loaded, that means that we can basically live our lives and keep our moisturization in place so that our skin gets to that healthy functional level. So hydrate, moisturize, hyaluronic acid. And you can go to top end of the market with interceuticals or you can go to, even Longoria loves to teach us how to say it now. You know, you can go to Neutrogena or Nivea or wherever she represents L'Oreal and you can find something there too, but use HA every day. That's my tip. So how can you maintain, you know, that, what you just described, 
on a budget, someone who's a college student, high school student, doesn't have a lot of money to invest in all these products, what would you suggest? Like, what are the biggest things? And, you know, I've heard things that, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You know, there are some things in CVS that you could just pick up. And then there are other things that you should really invest in. I have no idea. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) This is what I would say. There There are proven ingredients that really do work. Okay, they're, they're quantifiable, they're certified, they're white paper approved. And mm-hmm. so I break into this. And I love CVS. Listen, there's nothing more hilarious than wrapping oneself like a mummy in a receipt at the end of a transaction. <laughs> but they do have a really great um, beauty haul. So you can get everything from traditional drugstore makeup um, and you, uh, skincare. And you can also get some of the French pharmacy brands like La Roche-Posay or Naven, which is slightly more premium, but still less than traditional department store brands and way less than you know these uber expensive niche brands. My rule of thumb is this. Look to the department store or the prestige brand that you love. So let's take Lancome, for example. They're owned by L'Oreal. So when you know that, you know the research and the development that has gone into the $150 cream is eventually, or already has, whittled itself down to be included in the L'Oreal drugstore brand level. You also know that with, you know, La Prairie is owned by Nivea. So if La Prairie has done all this information and all this money and research on certain ingredients, it's going to eventually find itself in the Nivea product. So try and find out who owns what brands and what you love in the premium brands, and you'll find them in the drugstore level. That's a good tip to find. Then think about it this way. Okay, so I know I want to have hyaluronic acid because that's going to moisturize me. That's going to have me glowy and gorgeous every day. So look for a product there. You know, you can find that in the Olays, in the L'Oreal's, in the Rocks, et cetera, in the Neutrogena's. Look for that product. Then think about it this way. Vitamin C is an incredibly effective ingredient at uh, working on surface pigmentation, protecting our skin against the sun, not in the same way uh, uh, an SPF, don't confuse the two, but it's really gonna help bring even tone to the skin. And at the same time, it's an excellent antioxidant free radical fighter, which expedites our moisture loss and then also expedites our aging process if we don't protect them. So look for a product with vitamin C. Now we're in the vitamin C war games now because everyone says we have 30% vitamin C. Who cares about that? That's just marketing spiel, right? Just look for vitamin C serum or cream to use in the daytime. At nighttime, look for something that has vitamin A. Vitamin A is an ingredient that's used to uh, speed up our cellular turnover. It's a natural exfoliant. It thickens up the epidermal layer. So we look a little more sculpted, a little more sort of embalmed, which I love. Um, and the goal is more vitamin A we use, the more like Gwen Stefani will become. And that's a big win as far as I'm concerned. Now the drug like putting, work- Like you think putting the, those in certain areas to like help, like you said, sculpt, would that matter or just like everywhere? Everywhere, because traditionally speaking, most products don't stay localized. You know, I might say, listen, I want to end up here, but it's going to go on this whole big pan Pacific journey around China before it ends up anywhere near Hong Kong. Do you know what I mean? So it's really not going to stay exactly where we put it. It sort of spreads out and wide. Um, So I would use it everywhere. Now, vitamin A, if you're looking at the, the product ingredient, 
Most people know Retin-A, which the drug name is Tretinoin. You can also have Adapalene, that's in a product like Differin. Differin's used really for acne. By the way, vitamin A is an excellent product for acne, probably the best on the market. Um, but that's the drug level. You're gonna get that from a dermatologist. In a drugstore, you're gonna look for something that says retinol, um, retinol palmitate, or retinoic acid. Um, and those are different levels of vitamin A. What's the difference between the, the doctor prescribed and the drugstore version? It's how many different layers of transformation that ingredient goes to within the skin to convert to the vitamin A that brings about the change. So with retinal palmitate, there's usually a two or three phase change that happens in the skin, which is why you don't get the same level of sensitivity that you do with the, the prescribed version. But vitamin A at nighttime, vitamin C at the daytime, hyaluronic acid daily, those three things will put you in a really good base level of care and protection and actually bring about, you know, discernible results. What's the best cosmetic procedures that have been done and which are the worst ones? Oh, I love this question. It's so great. Okay, let's start with the worst. Let's start with the ones that are just a waste of time, money, and breath of life. Okay, PRP, the vampire facial is a huge waste of time, energy, and money. What about PRP for the hair? <laughs> Excellent. You already oh. took the word out of my mind. Okay, PRP okay. for the hair is really good. And okay, I have good. seen seismic results in both men and women. Uh, actually really? really good for women maybe about 20% better for women, but for both, it has a really good result. It's excellent on the crown, but it really comes into its place. If you can get this, my widow peak, right sort of here, the vampire hairline, which actually mm -hmm. suits your background, Jonna. Um, that's really gonna help to bring about those new um, hair follicles, really good. In terms of skin rejuvenation, it's actually, most people say only 50% of those who have the treatment see a result from it. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge amount of money and a gamble to maybe only get a 50% result. When you do get a result, it's pretty nominal. So I'm not a big fan of that one. Um, I also am not a big fan of all therapy, um, which is, you know, ultrasound to lift and contour the skin. It's very expensive. It can run anything from two and a half thousand to 6,000 per session. You need a minimum of two, three, four plus. It's very painful. Uh, even when you are sort of numbed within an inch of your life, you can still feel the, the nerve pain, not fun. I did it. I hated it. Never do it again. Um, really? So because I, I've, um, I have, uh, I, I know a few people that have done it and that are, you know, older and they seen their skin after it's like night and day and, yeah, I guess maybe it just yeah. depends on, on, on the skin type. But it's not to say that it doesn't do something. It, I just feel like the payoff does not match the money and the pain. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I'm a big fan. If we go to the ones that I love, first of all, you know, Botox is a gift that we should all sit down and worship to Allegan for because it's just... It's the razzle-dazzle-snazzle on the skin that we all need. And it really helps us have that death becomes our vibe, which we all need for any reunion in our lives. So that's perfect. <laughs> um, I like dermal fillers. I think when they're used with a deft hand and with a subtle stroke, they can really bring about a very sculpted, beautiful, fresh appearance. 
I think with fillers, obviously they're controversial, but it comes down to two areas. Do I like the face I was born with? Okay, if that's the case, then I'm simply wanting to restore the volume I've lost through aging or illness or whatever the, the cause might be. Mm. If I hate my face, then it gives me an opportunity to design a new one that I like. And how <laughs> great is that? Um, so I think that really works very well. Um, I'm a big, big, big fan, and this sort of goes back to the all therapy conversation of threads. I love thread lifts. I was going to ask you are, about the POD threads. Yes, they're amazing. I've done them twice. I recommend them to everybody. Um, and you can get a what really extreme pool. Okay, so basically a thread lift is a collagen mm -hmm. spun thread that actually feels somewhat plasticky when you actually feel it, but it's a collagen fiber. They inject it within the skin. So if I was going to tighten my jaw, they'd inject it through a cannula here to here. They pull mm -hmm. it along and you have the thread out and they really can pull it up. Now, along the PDO threads, you have barbs, like barbed wire, that hook into the skin so they stay in place. Oh my so gosh. when the doctor pulls it up and tightens it, snips it and ties it, it stays in place, right? So you can do it along the jawline, you can do it from the side of the lip under the cheek, you can do it on top of the cheek, you can get that Bella Hadid eyebrow by lifting the corners of the eyebrow at the side, you can give yourself a brow lift. You can also have smaller threads, which are at the PDO with the barbs, but you can have up to 50 to 100 on your neck to lift yourself and give you a neck lift. You can do it between the breasts if one has boobs to give them more of that lifted appearance. You can use it on the inner thigh to give you the thigh gap. I mean, they're a magical thing. How they work is this. It's a wound to heal principle. So you're creating trauma within the skin. You're actually injecting, however, collagen. So the collagen thread is essentially going to sort of galvanize and buoy up your natural collagen production through its wounding and the fact that the ingredient is there to say to you, make your natural collagen. Now that collagen thread, after about mm, five to six months, it starts to dissipate and dissolve, but in its wake, it leaves your healthy, new, bouncy collagen that you're now creating yourself. Yeah. So you don't quite have the Cinderella effect or the drawbridge effect, right? How many do you need for it to be like, you know, perfect or whatever? Well, it depends what you're looking to achieve. So if I was worried about a droop in my cheek and I didn't want to fill it because I didn't want to look, make my eyes look tiny, as they tend to happen, mm -hmm. then I would just need one thread here and one thread here. So just on the cheekbone, right? If I, hmm, was, really, if I was really lax and I was worried, you know, I hadn't really caught the aging process too early and I'm now you know, maybe I'm 50 and I'm wanting to dress it, then you can have as many as six to seven on each side of your face, depending on how much. Wow. You I actually have an appointment on the 29th to do this. And I Ooh. did my research on it and I was like, yes. And my doctor goes like, I'm doing this now. And I'm like, yes, let's do it. And so, um, we're, we're, that's something that I'm going to be doing. I'm glad that you brought that up. No, I'm a big proponent for it. And I say to everybody, everybody, when they're like, what should I do? I'm like, do a thread. Um, and there's just, there's no shame in the game. You know, it's, it's a really effective tool. And I'm a big believer in it just making people feel better about themselves. And yeah. who doesn't love that? And it has an instant result. That's what I was going to say with all therapy. You know, you're going to get a similar look at the end of the day. However, with all therapy, it takes me a while to get there. I can literally go to my lunch break and I can leave five years younger. I mean, that is a gift. <laughs>
Alrighty, kittens, we're gonna take a little nap, but we'll be right back. Mama said, you're a pretty girl. What's in your head? It doesn't matter. Brush your hair, fix your teeth, what you wear. was Pretty Hurts by Beyonce. What do you guys think? I love that song. And actually, most things we do to become attractive do hurt, so that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it feels like, you know, like Beyonce was like, it hurts so much, it hurts, like, oh, my agony, but like, I kind of like it. <laughs> I know the results that I'm gonna get out <laughs> of it, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you about some of the biggest shams on the market. What are some things that are just, you know, people invest in that are just a waste of time, waste of money and don't do anything? You know, this is an interesting question because I don't necessarily believe that the majority of companies, right, create products just based on hocus pocus. Um, uh-huh. And I think that a lot of testing and research has to go before various tools and beauty products come to market. Where I think that there is a disparity and where the, the major problem comes from is when you combine or you contrast the marketing spin behind a product versus the customer's expectation of what that product will do. So, for example, you know, you can have a cream that is really put out there as the one cream that will change your life and it will focus on hydration, it will focus on wrinkles, it will focus on surface pigmentation, it will you know, help on tone and you know, elasticity and all this, that, and the other. There's no way one cream can really do all of those things effectively and equally to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that the consumer is now inundated by celebrity images and also with propaganda in media to believe believe that any product they use, be it drugstore, be it luxury, is going to give them a result that they would get at a dermatologist's office on a lunch break, as we've discussed with procedures. So I think the biggest sham of the industry is over-promising and under-delivering. Now, there are certain things that I've tried that people wax lyrical about, seeing that they love, that I'm not really enamored by. I'm not hugely a fan of microcurrent. Um, outside of a professional context. So something like a new face, for example, people love, 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 love. I've tried, 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 and I've never found it to give me the results that I would want. You know, it's very marginal. So I think that's a big expense for something that's sort of a limited result. Um, I feel the same way about Zip, all of these facial toning devices. I've, I've, until recently, I've not found one that really does what I want it to do. However, I did find something which is kind of incredible. Um, your listeners won't see it, but I'll show you guys. It's called the Contour Kinetic, and it looks a little bit like a hair dryer. It's got a suction yeah. effect. So when you put it on the skin, it's sort of like baby kisses, and, and it helps with cupping. 
Cupping is also a brilliant thing, by the way, a really cheap and cheerful to buy online. You can get Amazon for like nine bucks and then you can really help with the lymph drainage in the face. Um, so it's not so much that there are products that are shams, like out and out lies. It's again, just talking about the fact that they're, they overpromise and they under deliver. I'm also sort of not a big fan of jade rollers. Um, I feel like they don't really do that much. Um, and, and again, you know, people think they're going to look snatched and contoured and defined after they do it. And 12 weeks later, they realize they've still got the face they started with on the 5th of January. You know, <laughs> that to me is a waste of time and energy, right? So I don't want to spend my time doing that. I'm also, and I wouldn't say this is a scam, this is more of a dislike. I'm not a big fan of doing um, micro rollers at home. I think this is where we get into people who are overly, you know, we're all aggressive right now, like what's going on in the world. And whilst I think it's fine to slap our faces, I'm not a big fan of, you know, putting needles ourselves at home in our faces. And the levels of infections that I've seen and damage and scar tissue and this and the other as a consequence of that. So I feel like it's not so much of a scam, but I think that the industry needs to be more cautious and careful about how it markets something to the untrained consumer. Thank you for coming on today. Where can the listeners either follow you mm. and also get in touch about get working with you? So I do everything through Instagram now. It's just the easy cake. So my Instagram handle is at Lord GMV. So the DMV with a G. So Lord GMV. And you can just direct message me. You can see my clients. You can see the tools that I work with. And I can set you up myself or I can set you up with uh, a clinic to give you the treatments depending on what you're looking for. So I kind of, I do treatments myself and I also act as a concierge service to, to other people too. So yeah, that's how I can take care of you. That's amazing. Do you still do the blogging? I haven't done the blogging since I created my own podcast. Like, can I give myself a plug? Yeah, so I yeah. Have, yeah, I have my own podcast called What Say You with Gavin McLeod Valentine. And it was born from this sort of frustration when the pandemic hit and all of a sudden I was sort of stuck at home not seeing clients. What I'd always found when I was working with clients is what I loved about it. Yes, I love the practical application of the facial. Okay. And I love the physical transformation that I could create, but it really was the conversations that I'd have with clients. I'd understand their thought processes, what inspired them, what were they passionate about? What did they think about politics and social economic divides? And where were they really investing their time, energy, resources, and platform? And I found that was the part that I was missing. So I created this platform, this podcast, to kind of bring those conversations that I was having to the audience so they could get further insights to, to my clients and also to various interesting people. Um, I've got quite a nice array of things. The, the podcast did take slightly a serious tone that I'm working to get out of, um, but I was really proud of the interview that I did with my friend and client, Susan Sarandon, about the role of the activist and her views on American politics. And I look at various things like breast implant disease with the leading authority in the country. I talked to my Kabbalah teacher about how wow. to bring spirituality. And then down the pipeline, I've got some really exciting um, interviews with Christopher Buckle and Garen, the hairstylist, and um, Andy McDowell and various other people. And I think, you know, stay tuned and, and more of my, my top tier clients will be participating. Awesome. All right. Well, that closes us off for today. Thank you again. Thank you guys Thank you, for having Kevin. me. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. I'm so excited for my procedure now. <laughs> Do it. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun.
Cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Maybe we can we can make next time you go to OC. Why don't you bring us along? We can all get pricked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Take care. Have a good okay, day. Okay. Bye. 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 So, how do you think that went? It went very well. I feel it was kind of overwhelming because there was a lot of information. So. Mm-hmm. When I listen to it back, I'm just going to take some notes. Yeah. Like, How, what about you? How did you feel about it? Everything that he said is absolutely true. I've, you know, I've, I dabble, you know, in, in the beauty industry and, you know, like taking care of myself and taking, you know, and understanding and educating myself and everything that he is saying is like, that's like the number one thing you look for is, you know, HA and any product that you can just to protect yourself using sunblock or some type of sunscreen in it. My moisturizer has an SPF in it already, but you know, me doing it now that I'm older, you know, making sure that that is something that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm incorporating with it. And it's, 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 um, it's exciting for me. I get excited for it because it's, you know, like taking care of your skin is like, you know, like something that me personally, I learned how he said um nobody teaches you this stuff right and, and this is like something that i've learned and something that i'm excited about and i'm so excited about my threads hearing him talk and praise about it i'm just so excited i'm gonna look snatched <laughs> all right that wraps us up thank you guys for tuning in we have a very special guest next week we have arisa wanzer Ugh, i'm so excited to talk to that bitch i miss her <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. This has been Jabber Podcast, produced by Dominic Albano and executive produced by John Madison. Do you have a question or topic you want to share? Email us at jabbrpod at gmail.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone and their subtitle parties. Thank <laughs> you.